0: Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number 58. I'm Dave. I'm Ashley. And We're a couple in Austin, Texas, getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's media and pop culture blind spots. Each week, one of us shares a movie or television show or media, media property.
1: property. Yes.
0: <laughs> one of us curates, the other one watches. Well, we watch together, and then we unpack it all here for you. This time... It was Ashley's choice.
1: It was my choice.
0: It's different from Sophie's
1: choice. I think we already made this joke before. It's Fifty-eight episodes. Fifty-eight episodes. There's only so many jokes.
0: <laughs> what did Ashley? What did Ashley cho- Choice. Choice. Cho- I've used that joke before too.
1: So um, I chose. Uh, those of you who have listened before maybe know that I'm a little bit obsessed with uh, teen dramas. Um, and this may be the teen drama that started it all. Really? Yeah.
0: I don't know. I didn't know this. I, had I that came kind
1: across of... this around the same time, so there were reruns of Save by the Bell, I guess, and then. Um, I'm just
0: gonna cut in and say this is way better than. I know Saved this is way better.
1: So this is um, for my, you know, millennial raised by Nickelodeon uh, peeps out there. Uh, we're doing the Adventures of Pete and Pete.
0: So when. Did this pop up in your life? Did you see it when it first ran, and when was that?
1: Probably I saw it when it first ran. So, Pete and Pete started out as um, these little shorts that they put in, like, during commercial breaks on Nickelodeon. I read about that. It said
0: they were, like, a minute or so long. Yeah, they were really short, and then
1: they made specials. So, I remember the Pete and Pete characters from the little... I mean, I watched so much Nickelodeon when I was a kid. So it was you know, probably unhealthy how much Nickelodeon I watched when I was a kid. I mean, like, in the summer... I'm sure all
0: of it was as good as yeah, Pete and Pete.
1: No, it wasn't. On the summer, I think I would get up at the in the morning, you know, 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. or whatever, and watch, you know... And when did
0: you clu- conclude your broadcast day?
1: Um, well, you know, depending on how old I was at a given time. Okay. You know, sometimes four in the morning if it was summertime, so... Um, but by that time, we had switched to uh, uh, watch uh,
0: uh, Quantum Leap.
1: Quantum Leap, yes.
0: See, I'm familiar with some That's of the right.
1: <laughs> Ashley and Chris mythology. We watched uh, Quantum Leap until the early hours of the morning. Um, but uh, Nickelodeon, um, I pretty much watched all the time from the ages of whenever we got cable <laughs> till... Till I switched to MTV, I guess, at some point. So um, probably seven or eight years of my life that I was watching Nickelodeon. So this ran from 91 to 96, and I probably saw all of that. I haven't seen every episode of Pete and Pete. Well,
0: that I, uh, the article I looked up said there's three seasons.
1: Yeah, and the, third, and the season, third season
0: never came out on DVD. No, it
1: never did. It was very frustrating because I as, I as soon as I saw the first two seasons were out, I immediately bought them. Like these were new DVD purchases. I didn't wait till they well, were used at Half Price. It's good books. that you did
0: because yeah. <laughs> I looked them up, and they're like out of print and super expensive now. Oh, are they? So yeah. if we get anybody interested, they'll have to track down. I think you might be able to stream it on Prime or something like that. But the DVDs are like
1: oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. So we can go back, the, uh, and there's a lot of the third season that I kind didn't of thing, see you know? because you know it started out as the short commercial things, and then. Um, there were five specials that came out and then it got brought into series and there were three series seasons. But I wanna say the specials are the ones that I've seen the most of. So I showed you one of the specials.
0: Which one was the special? Mr.
1: Tasty. What uh, what we did on our summer vacation is the name of that special. So did that
0: act was that that, that ran before season one as a special? Yeah. Or that as was part a, of season one? And I'm he's and very can, unclear about that. You how can the tell, was
1: packaged. You can tell because we started with um uh, and I don't remember, "Hard uh, Day's Pete, which is the song where Pete finds his, little Pete finds his favorite song. Um, that is actually from season one. It's one of the last ones from season one. Um, the second one we watched was the, what we did on our summer vacation with Mr. Tasty. And that one came before And You can see how I always track things by how old big Pete is. Uh huh. Because Little Pete looks a lot the same for a lot of it until later in the series. But, but Old
0: Pete looks a lot younger in some of them. Yeah,
1: he looks a lot younger in the in the Mr. Tasty one than he does in the season o- okay, one. Okay, we
0: need to back up yeah. because we're talking about <laughs> Big Pete and Little Pete. Can yes. you give like a thumbnail? Uh, what is how, how do you describe this show? What is this? It's
1: so wonderfully weird, but it starts out with the premise of it's like your average... Uh, suburban family. They live in some, I think it was filmed in upstate New York or something like that. New Jersey. That, yeah. New Jersey.
0: Um, South Orange, New Jersey. So
1: it's, you know, they're they're like your average, you know, 2.5 kids or whatever. So this family, dad and mom, and their two sons, which they named Pete. Both of them are named Pete.
0: Pete Wrigley. Big Pete Wrigley and little Pete <laughs> Little Wrigley. Pete
1: Wrigley. Um, and there may be an explanation for that, in one of the episodes, but there may not be because the show is just loves to throw in weird stuff and not provide any explanation. Like
0: that's one of the things that I like about it. who has a best
1: friend who's a lizard, you know, that never came up until it did, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so it's the, so how old are they? They're about, is he, is little Pete about 11 years old or 12, 11, 12, depending on what season you're looking at. What season
1: you're looking at. I think that Pete is like, Maybe eight or nine to begin with. Pete. I cannot
0: tell how old kids are anymore.
1: Little Pete was probably eight or nine in the early ones. But, you know, those sort of mid-year childhood, you know, when those times when, like, when you think of a kid, you think of them being somewhere between, like, eight and 11 or something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, And then Big Pete is, I mean, he starts as a tween and then moves into teen teenness and like in the later seasons they're he's, both red he's hair, quite old right? yes they have, they, have they have striking red, red striking hair striking red
0: hair freckles freckles
1: just like their mom and then, that's right you know their dad, dad doesn't is, have much hair dad looks like kind of balding uh beer belly
0: every man kind dad. of dad yeah you
1: know um and mom has a plate in her head from some incident that happened when she was a kid so <laughs> it's a main
0: character <laughs> Just to kind of quickly telegraph how weird this show is, the opening credits credit the plate in Mom's head.
1: That's right, and Petunia Pete, and actually Little Pete's tattoo.
0: They they give us a credit <laughs> sequence without any actor names. It literally says starring Pete and Pete and Mom
1: and Dad. Mom's plate mom's plate dad, dad.
0: petunia little, petunia is little P-
1: little pete's tattoo and i think one of the So
0: why does little tat- why does little pete have a tattoo of a woman on his arm it's
1: on his forearm
0: on his forearm uh
1: he also has a ship on his back in certain episodes. so i read that in
0: wikipedia but yeah. i didn't encounter that it yet. was in
1: the mr tasty episode because he's I in the swimming that. pool and they're fighting the ocean oh. um it shows little pete with a tattoo on that. his back um, I think one of the early commercial, and we can go back and watch them. Yeah, yeah. I think some of the early ones explain more about Petunia and um, sort of the origins of the tattoo. But if not, I'm an eight year old boy. Then it
0: is just like this show not to really explain Petunia yeah. 100%.
1: <laughs> it's true. Or
0: the one on his back. Is it a ship on his back? It's a ship on his back, okay. yeah. So the episodes are like regular 22, 25 minute long sitcom well it's not a sitcom it's it's filmed. you know it's
1: filmed it's it's beautifully filmed it's one of the first films that i've i mean the first um and you know i believe at some point in grad school i may have written a um did you a paper about
0: god i wish you could dig that one out yeah you wrote a paper about pete and pete
1: not about pete and pete (laughs) i wrote about the transition from um and I don't know oh, how I would have connected this to my library camera, degree. Three camera The sitcoms. transition from three com- okay. camera sitcoms to, and like Pete and Pete was one of the first single camera sitcoms that there were. I think it predated Malcolm in the Middle, which is the other one that.
0: Here's the thing. We need to look up the exact dates, but I feel like it's pretty contemporary to the Wonder Years. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was another um, single camera.
1: I think Wonder Years is 89, maybe, to start with. So Pete, 87 Pete the maybe?
0: interstitial little snippets started around 1989, according to what I looked up. And then the show ran from 93 to 96, the three seasons.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Um, but what I, another reason I want to say that is because this actually reminded me of an upside-down, inside-out, surreal Wonder Years.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Because you have, um, each episode is narrated by older Pete. So you have older Pete kind of giving the sort of account of of what transpired that summer or that day or what the... But instead of it being like, I don't know, the Arnold family dealing with civil rights movement or something (laughs) like that, you're dealing with can Pete and his friends track down Mr. Tasty.
1: Yeah.
0: Who is literally an ice cream man in an ice cream truck who always wears the giant... Yeah. Tasty Swirl Head mm-hmm. mask. And they want to befriend him and learn who he is. Yeah. Okay. But Mr. Tasty. There's there's so
1: an international what, collection of ice cream people that their whole job is to show up on the first day of summer. and And Mr. Tasty is one of
0: those. So you have kind of the sometimes earnest and serious narrative voice of mm. older Pete but then you get this, like, world of, like, kid kid wish fulfillment, Fantasia strangeness yeah. of usually Little Pete's weird life. I mean... I yeah, have, it's,
1: there are more stories about Little Pete than there are about Big Pete. Big Pete is kind of the side character. There are some stories about Big Pete. We watched one, The Big Quiet. Yeah, Although that one that, is more about Little Pete. That was an A.B. Pete. story because yeah. that
0: was about Little Pete losing... Um, his pet lizard Gary died. Gary. Yeah. Gary. Gary. Pe- Wouldn't you name your lizard Gary? Mm-hmm. Why not? <laughs> but anyway, my, I just liked how it, for me, it played as a compliment to The Wonder Years by being kind of an inside-out surrealistic version of of that kind of a thing. And I don't think it's necessarily took that as a reference point, but you can see it.
1: Yeah. So I liked I I mean, I remember watching The Wonder Years when I was younger, I mean, I must, it must have been on, like, on
0: TV. It's around the same time. Yeah.
1: I think I, I didn't really see it, like, when it was new. You know, I was probably when The Wonder Years came out a little too young to be watching nightly TV. So I wasn't aware of the, like, oh, this is new on Thursdays or whenever The Wonder Years came out. But I know I saw it on reruns after school sometimes.
0: So you know? wait a minute. So you saw this when it came out. So you would have been... 11 12 13 like you were like a tween I, w- I
1: was in between big pete and little pete probably okay you know in Which age is
0: probably okay. i mean
1: and like i had the biggest crush on big pete big pete was like the man like yeah, yeah. like you know sensitive sweet I- introverted big pete i was like really into that <laughs> That scene at the beginning and the credits where he like blinks. Yeah, yeah. So I
0: saw. I was looking around on YouTube and I saw a Funny or Die reunion sketch that they did a a (laughs) few years ago, maybe 2013, and um, and uh, a girl, like a 20-something girl, comes in and runs into big pete now the actor who actually still looks pretty handsome and Mm. looks looks like just an older version of big pete and she's like oh my god you're so like can i take she like takes a picture and everything like an actual like look how you turned out you know as a child star and everything you're you're just amazing and like can i get a picture and everything and then she says and uh can you call me ellen So Ellen is his best friend or the, yeah. girl, the girl friend. I don't know if there's ever any more than girlfriend. But. I think
1: there's a couple times when he feels compelled to ask her out in certain episodes. But yeah. no, I don't think anything ever really comes of it. It's not a show about things happening. It's not a show about relationships. It's it's a show about... it's, it's like, from the beginning, I mean, even when I first watched it, it's a very nostalgic show for a simpler time in your childhood. Um, but it also talks about all those... It's sort of the quieter moments of growing up. The sort of, you know, there's there's scenes with your first job and these weird, awkward encounters with your parents.
0: So and, I've never seen an episode... with That was the third one he watched, yep. The Big Quiet. I've never seen that dealt with the The story that big Pete deals with in that is the sudden onset of a of an awkward silence with, yeah. between him and his dad where they no longer he no longer knows how to talk to his dad and it's everybody knows that, yeah, you know where you suddenly you're not a kid anymore, you don't feel like a kid anymore, but you don't know how to relate to your parents in any way you don't have anything in common with them anymore and yeah. you're just aware of your own. Awkwardness, and yet on some level, there's a nostalgia for when that was dad and you were little Pete or whatever. Um, So I thought that was done really nicely, but in the package of this odd. Otherwise, the episode is about you know Gary the lizard and the Girl Scout of Death and all that. Well, that
1: one is this whole up that whole episode is about two major things like dealing with death in in a way and growing up in. Becoming an adult, essentially, a young adult, and, like, you have to find a way to get to know your parents as regular people and not just as your parents, you know? So,
0: Which makes me feel like this show is really subversive in the way that there are actual observations about growing up that are quite perceptive, but they're in this package of surrealism. Yeah. Because you're right, that episode is really odd in some ways, especially about the lizard and, and but it's about the death of a pet. So it's about death. Yeah. And it's about like not being able to relate to your parents anymore. Yeah. And you have the Mr. Tasty one, which is very weird with, you know, the the yeah. fact that there's this ice cream <laughs> man who traveling the world like, you know taking snapshots of himself and getting them developed at the local the quick pick the quick pick yes <laughs> but always wearing his giant ice cream swirl head yeah and so that one i mean some of that's about you know in some ways that adults are people too and you and to stop and wonder who this person is that you see every day and are they a friend or not or what's the deal with them and just coming a little bit out of your own narcissism to recognize other people around you that yeah. they have an individuality but that they're not necessarily knowable. Yeah. I thought that's interesting. Well,
1: I think what's interesting about is, you know, so Ellen works at the Quick Pick and yeah. she gets the the photos from Mr. Tasty and opens them even though she's not supposed to do that. But what she she's the one who notices that he looks no, lonely but he's wearing his head. So I think one interesting thing about it is that they painted this head and if you look at the head it does look like it's not quite happy. It's like a little lose. bit Is it a little, little bit? Little, bit lost or you know it's <laughs> it's almost happy but it's not like a big grinning like thing you know like certain ways the camera can be shot the like mouth
0: a, a wistfulness the or, mouth a, or, looks it, lonely or not
1: quite happy you know it's it's interesting you know um
0: but the more they try to get closer and try to ask about him and 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 engage him in conversation the more he pushes them away and has yeah. to go off and hide and live his quiet tasty life that's right quiet tasty life oh well,
1: i think he he at the end there's a little he lets them wax the uh, that's the right. tasty mobile and he does take a picture of them that he puts on his but dashboard but they got too inquisitive and then yeah. he had
0: to like leave for the whole summer and yeah. travel the world so or they spent like
1: that. the whole summer trying to track so him down so that thing with yeah. ellen
0: in in the what is it the quick pick yeah ellen in the quick pick their teenage friend um, going through all the pictures and creating her command center, yeah, with the maps and like trying to to locate where he is based on going through everybody's snapshots that ever gets developed. And actually, she finds we were joking about yeah. that, but they have her find a few clues. In <laughs> that whole network she creates and that obsessiveness, I could see you doing that. Yeah, like if, you could have been her.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Ellen is um and like you'll see more in other she's a little bit more. So I love this about Ellen is that she is the kind of teenager that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Pete is older Pete is who the teenager I actually was, you know. Oh, so I unpack wanted that to be so mean? Ellen is into math and science and and like I really wanted to be that way. I took all the classes and everything like that. I was never she is I, and that's why I like her so much as a female character. And it's unusual a lot of times in a lot of shows, especially back then, to to see a female character that is, you know, she's known for her... She, she plays in the band and she's... Oh. And she's... Um, so she's, she's really a, well, ra- she's well-rounded
0: um, and intelligent. Yeah. The girl with the plan and all that. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I think that the women are represented as, you know, not being... Always obsessed with the the traditional things that girls are supposed to be obsessed with. You know, you've got the Girl Scout of Death, and you know um, the the math teacher is one of the big characters. I think Janine Garofalo is in one of the episodes as a English teacher. So, I, I, you know, the the women are played as as smart and and sarcastic and um, interested in all sorts of things, and I like that. But uh, I love Ellen, but. Sh- I I, w- I could never be her. <laughs> I could never be Ellen. <laughs> where whereas, like the I mean, and maybe I'm just prone to 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 be attracted to the narrator character or whoever wrote it. Wrote it in a style, but like I really like. So the first episode I showed you was um,
0: Hard Days Pete. Hard
1: Days Pete, where little Pete is taking a shortcut to school. And he comes across a garage band playing in the garage and he finds his favorite song. He's never...
0: He didn't care about He's never
1: really cared about music before, but he hears this one song and it's everything that he... It made him feel that magic thing. So this is my favorite episode of Pete and Pete where... Is that
0: because you identify with that magic moment of hearing the song that... Yeah,
1: music has always been very emotional for me and... And I don't know, it's, it's there's just something so, like, you catch a little bit of a song and it goes around in your mind and you can't find it. And, you know, nowadays we don't have as much of that because, like, you hear a song, well, usually when you're looking for music, you, you're looking for it on purpose. There's not as much of that sort of organic discovery of things that we no. used to have. But, like... You know, I commonly would have this issue where I would hear a bit of music and it would get stuck in my head. And then for years, I would be looking for that one song that, that I couldn't find. And now, and if then, you're
0: with it in the moment, you can Shazam it or whatever and, yeah. and know what it is instantly. <laughs> but we used to have to like sing it to people and try and remember it. And you so, Pete,
1: so you know, because this is a small band that he tries to go back and find the band, but there's no one at the house. Where this this band was practicing, so he can't find it. It's disappeared. So he buys a guitar, a Krebstar five thousand or whatever it is, um, and um, it's a Stratocaster. Get, yeah, it's a Stratocaster. Uh. <laughs>
0: In it's the a, show, it's, it's, a, a, it's a Kreb star.
1: It's a Kreb star. I th- Kreb star, I think, is like the generic sort of... It's the Amazon so this, this show of has lots of
0: um, <laughs> in-jokes like yeah. that. Like there's this whole Kreb-Kreb star thing that I kind of noticed, but in just in an episode or two. Yeah. It seems to be a thing.
1: Yeah. Um, So anyway, they they get a band together and he tries to find his song again by playing, which he he does. And Mm -hmm. like, the thing is, is now that I've been, I've, you know, I bought a guitar last year, although I haven't been playing it much. But the thing about playing... Did you
0: spontaneously learn how to play his song?
1: (laughs) I didn't. Um, I I would. Um, But the thing about a guitar is that you start strumming around and playing with chords and all of a sudden, like, music appears in your mind Mm -hmm. um, because... You know, so much of our music nowadays is created with guitar. So if you play a guitar chord, all of a sudden you can hear,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Echoes of all the songs. All the you know, songs,
1: yeah. you know. Yeah, you can hear Inner Sandman in your head mm-hmm. if you play like one E right. chord or whatever, you know. Um
0: So it should be noted that the band that Little Pete just spontaneously starts, mm-hmm. his math teacher is in it. Yeah. Um
1: the meter reader is in it the
0: meter reader the electrical quite a meter good reader is in it guitar player I like the him guitar I like that actor yeah. I thought he was I don't know if he's in the show again but yeah. he had a vibe that I, I yeah. thought was fun he, he knew the tone of the show
1: yeah and then his um, his friend um, who was dressed up like someone from Leonard Skinner
0: oh he had uh, mutton chops yeah he did yeah <laughs> And they all had nicknames, like they all had renamed themselves for the band. Yeah, they were
1: the Blowholes, I think was the The name The Blowholes,
0: and the math teacher um, counted down with (laughs) 1.1, 1.2, (laughs) 1.3, So, um, yeah, it's a weird show. Yeah. So you saw this when you were a kid and you were like smack in the middle of that, both of their ages. Yeah. The two Pete's. But then you've always come back to this, and you got the DVDs when yep. they came out. When did they come out? In the early two thousands, or yeah. Okay, so you got the DVDs as an adult. What does this show have to offer? Like, like how do you? How do we sell this to an adult who doesn't have that connection to it? Like, it's is it a kids show? Is it an adult show? What is this show? And how? What's appealing to it to an I adult? I think
1: it is a kids show, but it's the kind of kids show that. Is Because it, it plays on nostalgia and, <clears throat> I mean, you know, when do we start, like, wishing for when we were young? I mean, like, it's it's incredibly young. I mean, like, teenagers are already nostalgic, you know. I mean, like, probably tweens are nostalgic. I mean, I know your kids are watching <clears throat> uh, Disney shows that they watched when they were kids, you know, so.
0: They're not very good shows either, some of them.
1: <laughs> um, so... We so, uh, probably
0: won't cover bunked on this show. No. Um,
1: but the the it's very nostalgic for a certain period in of your life when you have nothing really to do other than to go to school and grow up. Like that's your whole responsibility is is to do that. And you have all this time to <clears throat> think and try new things and imagine stuff and and for things to be weird and magical and you know, everything is possible kind of, kind of things, you know, um, I think everybody has, I mean, perhaps there's a lot more of that in, in this sort of suburban existence, but, but I think everybody has a little bit of that.
0: So one of the things that struck me, I think I would have loved this when I was about Pete's age because. Mm
1: -hmm. Which Pete.
0: Little Pete. (laughs) Little Pete. I'll tell you, because they really nail something. I said the words before wish fulfillment, but they really nail something with how Pete has an idea and then it spontaneously manifests. Like the fact that. So the Hard Days Pete episode opens with Pete just has a radio station. Yeah. Like that's amazing that he has a radio station. Like a full radio station. Like, it looks kind of ramshackle, but it's a whole radio station.
1: Well, and they explain it weird. They say he's using a walkie-talkie that uses an antenna. None of that to, makes any yeah.
0: sense, but it looks like a control room of a yeah. little garage radio station. Yes, a little D- lit up sign. WART radio. Yeah. And he's running traffic reports of like the, the shortcut through the woods or whatever. I don't yeah. even know. You know what <laughs> what I mean? And uh, the meter reader stumbles in and is a guest for a moment inadvertently because he happens to be in the room trying to check the meter for scab watch or something. Yeah, what scab is watch. That's, yeah. that's the... It's exactly the kind of... The morning program,
1: radio program. <laughs> it's
0: exactly the kind of programming uh, a 10-year-old or 11-year-old would have.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that kind of thing is amazing. The fact that... Or, or that he starts a band and suddenly has a guitar. Yeah. But like all of his little schemes, just like he's, it's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. There's something really fun about the, if you can think it, then it can happen aspect to Pete's world, little Pete's world.
1: Well, and there's some, there's so many episodes that I wanted to show you that I remember so well because they, they struck a chord with me one of them that we didn't get to, which now I kind of wish we had gotten to is that Pete little Pete gets grounded. And so he decides to, um, dig a burrow out of, (laughs) um, is it like a
0: great escape? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he spends weeks, he's like grounded for the whole summer or something like that. So he spends weeks digging a hole, um, to escape to freedom on the 4th of July is the, is the theme. So like, yeah, it, it does have a lot of that sort of, there's there's a lot of of other stuff like dealing with bullies. Um, you know, uh, Pete has... I think both the Peets have different bullies. There's Endless Mike and um, Papercut, I think, is Little Pete's. I don't know who yeah. characters are yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's bu- bullies. Um, Little Pete has a personal superhero. Oh, we didn't Artie. mention Artie Artie the, str- Artie, the strongest Describe man in Artie the world. For us. So, so, it's like... Artie's, is that ever
0: described? I mean, explained in any way? No,
1: everybody, everybody... So it's like he's Little Pete's imaginary friend, except he's not imaginary. Like, everybody knows him and talks to him. And, and he
0: just shows up.
1: Yeah, he helps them find Tasty in the... He sees from his vantage point on the water tower a flash of white at the edge of the horizon. But and, this weird
0: nerdy guy in, like, yeah. a red jumpsuit or something mm-hmm. or... He's kind he of a, yes,
1: yeah, stringy, stringy glasses. Yeah. He's the strongest man in the he world. He has
0: various and sundry superpowers depending on what the episode needs him to do. Yeah. Jump, fly, lift things, move. Th- I don't know. The whammy know. bar
1: makes him, is like kryptonite for him or That's something right. like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So
0: when Pete was jamming, he was like flailing on the grass.
1: So they're... <laughs> There's the only, like, two-episode arc in this series is uh, Farewell, My Viking, part one and part two, and it's Artie when when Pete, little Pete, gets old enough where he doesn't need his own personal superhero
0: anymore. Oh, Artie has to leave?
1: Yeah, so it's that's, like, the big bittersweet sort of... And I, I wanted to show that, but then, like, the thing is is that I think that every episode so perfectly encapsulates what the show is about that we almost don't need to see every episode to, to sort of understand what they're getting at. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We watched three and Mm -hmm. I feel like I got the unique vibe of this show and the strange Mm -hmm. techniques it's using and and the different elements to it. But um, on the other hand, I would totally watch more. I would watch this series and I'm encountering it as an adult. Yeah. For the first time. So it's really entertaining.
1: (laughs) The first one, the first special is the one that I remember the most. I've probably seen it more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Any of the, and I've seen the thing about Nickelodeon is that they would replay stuff all the time. So like, you know, there'd be like one Pete episode and they would replay it like four times throughout the week or something like that. So sometimes you'd see the same Pete and Pete episode, like, or like, you know, they're on this constant replay cycle. You know, so but the first one, which is called King of the Road, which is they're going on a road trip to the Hoover Dam.
0: OK. It's,
1: Pete's dad has a thing about the Hoover Dam, the, okay. the electrical energy. It just does something to him. So Okay. he has, but a- he has like this whole like, you know, the very little stops and they they bring their own food and, you know, they're competing against this other guy who's also trying to go to the Hoover dam and they have like two daughters and like older Pete's into the older daughter. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's like that, that first one is like playing on the nostalgia of like road trips and, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, they all sort of play on some sort of issue of that. There's some baseball ones, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: But, I felt like I had to show you the favorite song one just because that is, I think, my favorite episode. And then for me, Mr. Tasty always – he's just such a weird character. He's actually played by the same character uh, who does – Art the same actor who does Artie. Oh. Uh, Mr. Tasty and Artie are the that's same. That's interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the the last one – the only thing I regret is that we didn't get that many examples of the great um, guest stars that they have on the show. So well, like we saw cameos. Michael Stipe. So
0: yeah. I I was so confused because I didn't know there were any guests. So I thought, yeah. I didn't know anything about this show. Yeah. I didn't remember that it was Nickelodeon. I didn't. I I took it as some kind of like low budget Canadian show or mm-hmm. something like that. It just. <laughs> I'd never heard of it. I don't own anything. There were about a lot of show. those on Nickelodeon, too. Right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's kind of the same era as um, Degrassi or something like the original. Yeah, the
1: original. Well, And then all yeah. of a
0: sudden, like the rival ice cream guy, Mr. Scrum. Scrummy. Scrummy. Yeah,
1: or something like Is that. Is Michael
0: Stipe, like a I mean, really young Michael Stipe. Mm. And then I was like, oh, when was this even made? I think it was made earlier than I realized it was. Yeah. I didn't realize it was like late 80s, early 90s. And um, Michael Stipe is so young.
1: So Iggy Pop plays um, Nina Mecklenburg's dad. We didn't watch that episode. I think we did. I showed you the Nightcrawler episode early.
0: Maybe. I don't know.
1: So I had actually showed Dave a few episodes of this before, but we didn't watch the whole series. Um, You know, just because we get distracted. I found a
0: great (laughs) list online of the guest stars. Yeah. And so this isn't guest stars like in so all of Steve the Steve Buscemi is Ellen's right, dad. All of the guest stars are like really niche, like indie, cool, mm-hmm. hipster kind of guest stars, right? Yeah. It's like Michael Stipe and Iggy Pop and um, Debbie Harry and Janine Garofalo, Patty Hurst and Patty, and and Patty and Chris Elliott,
1: Ellen, Fleghorn who we now love from, on
0: uh, Schitt's Creek.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I knew Chris Elliott from I knew uh, Chris the Ellen. greatest sketch on uh, SNL ever.
0: I knew... Well, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I knew him from when, <laughs> he was when he was a regular on the David Letterman show in the 80s. Oh, I didn't know he was on yeah. the David
1: Letterman show. No, yep. there's a pretty funny uh, um, sketch with him and uh, Adam Sandler
0: from SNL. I can't SNL. believe we're trying to play one up. I knew him when... when yeah. <laughs>
1: about chris elliott <laughs> yeah about chris elliott who
0: knew his credibility be, would be so high and his, whatever i
1: love chris elliott i've always liked yeah, chris elliott so i was excited that schitt's creek is so good um <laughs> but yeah there's there's so many well, yeah like i said uh, we didn't watch any episodes with ellen's dad but steve buscemi is ellen's dad I love how they have the, um, they mentioned it a few times in some of the episodes we watch, but there's the international adult conspiracy, which is trying to keep kids down, you know, trying, I to, know this. trying to go and miss this. try, um, they mentioned it um, in the episode with the neighbor who had the hemorrhoids.
0: Okay, you know, he but was, I guess I don't know what's a recurring element and what's like a, a, that's a, true. a what's part of the show lore or mm-hmm. in joke kind of. Reality, if you have only seen two or three episodes. So,
1: I mean, I showed you one of the classic ones. I think the reason I showed it to you is we were having challenges with your younger kid going to sleep.
0: Oh, oh, was that the one about.
1: Uh, yeah, about the one about challenging bedtime. Um, right. So when, Pete decides he's going to set a world record and stay up for eight days straight or something like that. I that one again. We you know, saw this couple years ago. Because he was struggling with his mom about bedtime, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so he's going to. So that one has that one has Iggy Pop in it as Nina Mecklenburg's dad, who's a member of the adult conspiracy that's trying to bring Pete down, you know.
0: Michelle Trachtenberg's dad. Michelle Trachtenberg. Okay, yeah. I didn't even yeah. recognize her. Yeah. <laughs> Dawn from Buffy.
1: Yeah, and and then the girl from Welcome to the Dollhouse is also she I was re- in
0: recognized her in one of the episodes in the we Gary saw. episode the that Gary, we watched. Yeah.
1: But, and then they have all these other like weird side characters, like the crossing guard is a character. He's not, that's not the only episode that we have the crossing guard in.
0: So here's something. And the
1: bus drivers, is in it.
0: A... Was this a movie that you ever bonded with other adults? About? Like, did you ever discover other adults who grew up with the show? Like, Or was this always just a thing that you liked and you had the DVDs of? Because I have this feeling now, like it's kind of a cult show with people. Who...
1: I've never talked to an another adult that grew up watching it, or my um, my band, uh, the band leader that I play with, I talk about uh, Pete and Pete a lot, and she grew up on She's a few years younger than me. Uh-huh.
0: So she knows Pete and Pete? She knows Pete and Pete,
1: you know. So so she-
0: <laughs> just a little bit of Googling, and I stumbled on, like, the, like I was telling you, these reunion panels and events that they did a few years ago, and it looks like these were kind of a big deal. And so it must have been a big show to other people. And, and, it, and it's, felt, I think that there's, whether it's true or not, it felt like kind of a cult show that had, that meant something to people. Like th- these were like big panels they did in New yeah. York and LA, you know, on stage with the cast reunion and all that, like that telecom, the television conference. Yeah. Like to that, go to.
1: I would, I mean, if they ever had Pete and Pete there, like I would so totally go. This was you a know?
0: meaningful show to people. I think a lot of people probably grew up like you and still dig Pete and Pete.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's to me like as far as meaningful shows probably and and you know we I think we may end up doing an, a podcast series on it but this and my so called life as far as like meaningful teen shows to me that that you know shaped my my experience of things I mean aesthetically I you know it makes me wish I'd grown up in some place that, that had fall because they have, I mean, in addition to these beautiful summer episodes yeah. they have, they have these gorgeous like fall episodes with the leaves falling and it's absolutely beautiful. You know, remind and me
0: again where my so-called life is. Is it Minneapolis or no, something? No, it's, it's
1: Pennsylvania. Um, it's, I think it's not, it's not um, Philly. It's um, the Pittsburgh. other one. Pittsburgh. It's yeah. Pittsburgh. That's yeah. right.
0: Yeah, so we're considering doing a show just on My So-Called Life, like a series, like a podcast series on My So-Called Life. Where we watch
1: each of the episodes. But I love how, and, and this is my, there's only certain shows that can get this right, this sort of sense of seriousness and how hard and weird the world can be, but also how beautiful and... And meaningful and, and I don't know, not everything like Freaks and Geeks is able, I think teen shows are particularly good at getting them. Um, My so-called Life has that same sort of tone. Um, Well,
0: part of it is that when you're at that age, when you're a teenager, you're suddenly coming awake to mm -hmm. the adult world. And so there's that shock of like, your complete, your viewpoint completely changing. Yeah. About everything. Like what you thought the world was when you were an innocent young child to who your parents really are.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, there are bad people in the world. Yeah. They're, you know, all of that stuff. They're really good at nailing those moments of awakening. hmm And a, a show that does it really well reminds you of when you experienced those yeah. aha moments. but it also, I don't know, you, you travel with it over time like we've done with some of those shows because they remind you of, of being that age.
1: Yeah. I I wonder if it's certain about certain people that the sort of optimism, the optimism and hopefulness that... Maybe I'm just talking about myself, but like... You can do that here. Yeah. <laughs> but there's... You know, if you move through the world with a certain level of optimism and and childlike wonder, like there's no end to the how the world can disappoint you <laughs> and you know, and also how it can surprise you too. Uh-huh. You know, and and you know, this is just one of the that there can be there are just charmingly weird things happening all the time, you know. Well while, this captures
0: something about the magic of how things feel when you're that age. Mm. I think My So-Called Life has a different tone. Yeah. But I I understand what you're saying about shows that are real in that way. Yeah. <laughs> My So-Called Life is a little darker.
1: That's true. I mean, it, and it is a little more dealing with... I mean, like, My So-Called Life is Pete and Pete plus Degrassi, I guess, or something like that. I don't, I don't know.
0: I don't know. You know. So... Can you tell me any more about the, the line of continuity between Pete and Pete and and the other teen shows that you saw after that? Besides my so-called life, or would that would have been one of the next ones? Or do you remember the lineage of like it, when you encountered these shows? So,
1: I never saw. Although I would have been able to watch my so-called life when it was actually airing, I didn't see it until it was reruns on. Um, MTV, which I think is how a lot of people exposed it. So, you know, the natural transition of a child who grows up watching Nickelodeon is that they're not allowed to watch MTV until all of a sudden their parents stop caring and then they can watch MTV, you all know, if they want to. So and which is exactly what MTV wants, because MTV owns Nickelodeon. And it's like, a you know, and by introducing some of the cool music people into their kids programming, then it's an easy transition into teen and adulthood be there.
0: Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> you, you've really just kind of nailed the the pipeline from yeah. Nickelodeon to MTV. there. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, and, and at some point before. they started having. I didn't they realize
0: a... they were owned by the same company. Oh yeah,
1: right? it's the same company. Yeah.
0: I just had forgotten that. I'm sure yeah. I knew that at some point.
1: Well, I mean, and and the way the sort of the production of of Nickelodeon stuff very easily translated into the sort of like. You know, I remember Nickelodeon had their own news thing, and I remember the similarities between that and the MTV news that, you know, I watched later with Tabitha Sorin and uh, Keith Loader? Oh, Keith Loader? Kurt Loader. Kurt Loader, thank yeah.
0: you.
1: <laughs> okay. So, I mean, like, it's it's like transitioning from. I don't know, Kids Bop to Seventeen Magazine or something like that. You I must know? have been
0: about ten years old when MTV launched. Yeah, like I remember launch. Yeah, like I, re- I watched it from the beginning.
1: Well, if you were Whether ten, or not then my I, I mean it, it premiered the year I was born. So. It had already transitioned from being a mostly music show that everybody talks about, which I don't remember. Like, I don't remember when MTV was just music. I never, it was always real world and rose rules.
0: When I I think about MTV, that's primarily (laughs) what I remember, because I remember 81 through 84 or whatever, when it was all music videos, and this was a completely new genre, and we'd never seen this stuff before. Yeah. Like, so I, I still love all that all that bad 80s music. Well, some yeah. of it's really good, yeah. but I, I grew up with that. Well, and then it was later, you know, much later for me. I was in college when real world and road rules and all that stuff came yeah. out. So it had already completely changed its format to being more about the magazine programming and the special and the reality shows and yeah. stuff like that.
1: Well, yeah, I guess I missed you out know, on, the, raps on the reality and stuff. I mean, I. Yeah.
0: I I don't know when that happened, but my period of MTV was, like, the beginning. <laughs> the beginning of yeah. MTV.
1: So, yeah, that's – I mean, but that's the path that they wanted you to take. And, like, by some of their evening programs on on Nickelodeon at the time, they had a show called Roundhouse, which was, like, a sketch comedy show, which was very similar, in a way, to The State, which was a, a sketch comedy show that was on MTV at the time, mm-hmm. you know, so – So, I mean, like, I think that they wanted people to make that transition, and I certainly did.
0: (laughs) I remember when I was 17 or so, probably right before college, that was when MTV was showing, like, um, Monty Python's Flying Circus and The Young Ones, that British show.
1: I think I saw The Young Ones a couple times, maybe.
0: And then they had like those epic like spring break MTV kind of extravaganzas all summer yeah, long that with was all weird. that terrible like yeah dance party on the beach kind of stuff. Although
1: sometimes they brought Weird Al on and that was enjoyable. Weird
0: Al always good. Yeah, still, still, <laughs> still Weird Al. Good. You can count on Weird Al. <laughs> So talk to me more about the music of this show. And I'm asking that question because I learned for the first time yesterday that you have a Spotify playlist, I think, that has the theme song for Pete and Pete on it. So, so. that
1: that song, the theme song to um, to Pete and Pete is called Hey Sandy, and it's by a band called Polaris, which actually apparently released some new albums in the past five years or something like really? that. Really? Yeah. Um, but they like were they were real song. a like real song a like New Jersey band. So I it wasn't believe. just the
0: Pete Pete and Pete house band. Or no, whatever. no,
1: they they were a real band. Um, you know, and apparently they've released more albums since then. But I really only know that one song, which I love. I've always loved Um the way it's released. It's I think it was probably released on an EP or something short because there's only like five songs on that album. So, but it. Um, it has, like, the song, like, if you listen to it on Spotify, starts out with, like, the audio from, like, one of those flip film strip yeah. um, kind of things on, um, uh, like, Roman mythology. So it's like, if Jupiter or Thor, you know. and So
0: I know that you have a fondness for old strip yeah. film kind of stuff. So there you go.
1: And I don't remember where I heard this. It may have been something that my ex mentioned at some point because he liked to do research on weird things. But I think that he said that the lyrics are about the shooting at um, Kent State, maybe? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So,
0: Perfect for yeah. the theme song for a children's show. <laughs>
1: um, but I could have that confused with something else, but I think that that was that was the case i could look it up again but i kind of wish that i had watched some of the these dvds have audio commentary on a lot of the episodes Mm -hmm. and i think they talked a lot about how you know they're essentially like laying in you know like rushing to get the shot you know you know they have a very short shooting schedule they have you know extreme budget constraints and they're like you know laying in the street in the last you know 10 minutes before the sun goes mm-hmm. down trying to get the one shot, you know. So I think it was a lot of sort of... Um,
0: By the skin of your teeth, teeth get, kind a, of, get the shot before the... Yeah.
1: Because, you know, it's expensive to shoot film, you know. <laughs> well,
0: and if it's the early days of single camera sitcoms, there's a lot of shots in every yeah. one of these episodes. Like their shooting day must be, I don't yeah, know. You had
1: to have Gary Cam and, you know...
0: Yeah, it's not thrown together.
1: <laughs> no, it's I. It's I think it's it's fascinating. I love that um, that sort of, and I think the earlier ones are a lot more experimental than they got. I think they get a little bo- bit more budget and a little
0: bit more. So, as an adult, it, watching this now without any of your past to it. It's a very weird and eclectic and interesting show. Mm. And the fact that it's got, you know, Iggy Pop and Steve Buscemi and Michael Stipe and stuff, I mean, and, and it's just. That would have been the first time I saw Steve Buscemi. odd sensibility. And, and and the fact that they don't necessarily describe things like the tattoo or the plate in mom's head that can pick up radio stations or whatever, like mysteriously, (laughs) this becomes a plot point every once in a while where they're tuning into things with mom's plate. Yes. Right. Well, we get to we get to hear about the how the mom and dad met with yes. him combing the beach with his metal detector and and uh, her head beeping. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> how they met. So um, I totally get that this is like like the sense of humor of this show is so one hundred percent you. Yeah. Like I totally I don't I like it probably didn't make your sense of humor, but I totally get why. It's so funny to you. And it's funny to me, too. We share a lot of that love for the bizarre and offbeat.
1: You know, I don't think I ever watched this with my dad, but I kind of wish that we had, because I think he would have really been into it. I think that I watched it with my brother. I don't think it was one of his favorite shows to watch, though. You know, like you
0: watched it at the time back then with him. Yeah,
1: I mean, because we had to share a TV. We had one TV in the house. We had to. You guys are
0: two years apart or three? Or two, two, two
1: years apart. I think Pete and Big Pete and Little Peter are a little farther apart <clears throat> than that. Maybe four years. Yeah, they're
0: four years apart.
1: Um. So, but I always felt like the older, the older sibling to my younger, you know, weird little brother. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, boys at that age just do weird stuff like that. You know, they poke dead cats with sticks and, you know. Yeah. You know. (laughs) And, you know, me and my brother, we would fight when we were in close proximity to each other. But generally speaking, we had a pretty, you know, good relationship most of the time, you know. If there was... I mean, we fought over the TV, and who wanted to watch what... About what about
0: the cicadas on the screen door? Yeah,
1: well, he was a baby then, so... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the, the last year, the big the big wave of cicadas when I took all of the... The husks. The husk off the and put them on the screen door so that he would... Because he was afraid of bugs at the time. But they're not real bugs. They're just little bug husks.
0: But you knew he would think they were real yeah. bugs. Yeah, but he
1: was like four when I did that, so... Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which means you were sick, so you were yeah. not, like, at your yeah. zenith of uh, sophistication. Right.
1: You know, I, I think we had, like, a pretty typical, you know, we weren't too adversarial most of the time. We kind of did our own thing, you know, and, and that was that was fine. So I I, I kind of like the, the brother relationship in that because they aren't, you know, little Pete does his own thing and big Pete, you know, does his own thing and they, you know
0: so what's the deal with the third season is it possible to watch the third season are they bootleg anywhere on like youtube or vimeo or i
1: have no idea Why i was, was just ever... trying to figure that I mean, out i guess
0: it wouldn't be released if they didn't find a market for it or didn't think there but, would be a i mean market for it, big but... pete
1: must have been almost 20 for the last season in 1996
0: really? yeah i didn't I mean, that, that's that
1: that's well. I mean, if he's like fourteen yeah. when it starts, and and six years later, okay, he's gonna be twenty, you know. So.
0: So you haven't seen those t- since they aired, probably.
1: I don't know that I saw the third season, to be honest, because Nickelodeon's schedule was so weird. It was hard to get on a regular. Like, oh, they come on, on, they come on on Thursdays at this time. Yeah. You know, it's. It was like it premieres Friday night at eight o'clock, you know, and and at a certain point, you know, probably by ninety six, I was doing theater in the evenings and and you know not <laughs> not home to watch uh, the the premiere of the new season of Pete and Pete on Friday nights at eight o'clock or whatever. You know, they may have buried it too, you know, but I I, rem- I fully remember seeing a lot of the second and third. I mean, sorry, first and second series, like over and over and over again. You know, it just it was just on all the time, you know, you know, and you had to wait till the one that you've already seen to see the show after it that you hadn't seen yet or something like that, you know, so we didn't have the Internet to kill time then. So
0: (laughs) so you only had time this to show me to curate three favorite episodes. What what are runners up? If you were if you were to show me two or three more, what are your next? What come next in your so list of there's the, the Hall of Fame? The
1: two parters that I mentioned, the Farewell, My Viking, mm-hmm. um, uh, with with Artie. Um, with I don't know if it's it's probably not Artie's last appearances, but like where Pete doesn't need him mm-hmm. at, in the way that he yeah, used yeah. to. Um, The first one, The King of the Road, the road trip one, um, which is another one that I've seen a bunch.
0: Is that the first episode of the whole series?
1: No. Well, it's the first special. Oh, okay. Um, And that's the one I've probably seen the most. Um, (laughs) I think, I can't remember if I showed you the one with the the bus driver and the... um, the crossing guard that are in love, or maybe it's the two bus drivers. It's uh, Ellen Flughorn and their bus driver that uh, Stu is their bus driver. That doesn't uh, sound familiar at all. No. Okay. Well, there's a, anyway, they're on a field trip and, and there's some relationship drama between the the bus drivers. I can't remember if it's the two bus drivers or like, she's a crossing guard and he's a bus driver. I can't remember exactly um, how, how that happens, you know, I don't know. There's little little bits of... That's why it was so hard to decide because it's like it's like looking at a Mr. Show episode and you're like, oh, well, this sketch is really good or this part is really good but yeah. you don't remember what happens in the rest of the episode yeah. and so you're kinda like, mm, should we kind of like... It's kind of a toss-up. So I was I was torn on whether to show you the, um, the Big Quiet one, which is interesting because it's billed as a big Pete episode but it really is a little Pete episode... Um we didn't really watch any of the big Pete episodes.
0: I'd be curious to see some of the ones that focus more on him.
1: Yeah, and then there's some episodes that focus more on Ellen. Um there's a great oh
0: What we is Ellen's probably, best episode?
1: Um the one where she's the eye in the in the
0: Oh, I read about that yeah, in my research. Yeah, that today.
1: one's where she it's the marching band one. Um it's pretty good. She's
0: the eye in what word? Squid, I think. Squid, yeah, I and think she's just, gonna be the best eye ever. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I want to see that
0: one.
1: <laughs> she's the dot on the eye.
0: Does she get a little obsessive about it? Yeah, she
1: does. That's that's how Ellen rolls. Um, and then there's a pretty good Big Pet Pete episode where he's trying to study for a test, mm-hmm. and um, he gets upset with like some anim. Uh, somebody did a flip animation on the corner of his history textbook, and so he gets obsessed with it, um, and so. <laughs> And then he he's afraid that if he fails his history test, he's going to end up like the weird janitor that works in their school. And I think their principal is, um, oh Adam West. Their principal is freaking Adam West.
0: Okay, I don't know <laughs> this how they. In that picked, I don't know how they <laughs> picked what actors and, and musicians to be in this show, but it's amazing.
1: Well, and then I don't remember if that's the same. There's another Big Pete episode where um, he's in woodshop and he's not very good at woodshop. And that reminds me of when I was in woodshop. Um, but he has the creepy woodshop instructor that's missing a limb, you know, of course. That's you know? not the
0: woodshop teacher you want yeah, to have. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had a really nice woodshop teacher yeah. at Lick High School in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Uh, Same, same woodshop teacher my sister had before me.
1: And yeah, so Big Pete has some of the like high school experiences that that we all, you know, remember. So those are good to good to do sometimes. But, you know, they're not as um, fantastical as some of the ones that little Pete has, you know.
0: I think maybe we should make a go of this my so-called life podcast sometime because there's a lot to talk about in these teen shows.
1: It's true. I I will talk about teen shows. I've seen boy. I mean, there's probably some I haven't seen, but I've seen a good number of the, of the ones of, of quality. I've probably seen all of them. You know, I have some weird favorites. Like I don't, I, maybe I've showed you a, few episodes of, uh, popular, which was... You
0: have, but we didn't really get much have, traction with it. I think yeah. maybe we watched two episodes and then we didn't really well, that's m- the make thing. it thing. So
1: it's a Ryan Murphy... It's one of Ryan Murphy's yeah. who did, um, American Horror Story and, um, that plastic surgery one that I can't think of the name of, um... Nip Tuck? Nip Tuck, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like, and if you've, if you've watched any Ryan Murphy, um he has this thing where he creates these great characters based on archetypes that everybody identifies with. And like, he starts off really strong with this really good story, but it's like he runs through the story too quickly. And then he kind of runs out of stuff to do. Um, And then like, he starts doing weird things with the characters that, are outside of what they're established. So it sounds like
0: the first season's is usually going to be the best. Yeah, yeah.
1: When you that's hit, what, I you mean, hit like, the ground running he did and, Glee you, as and well. you throw all of
0: your ideas yeah. at the wall kind of thing. Yeah,
1: so like, you know, it feels like a good foundation for everything, but he just is in such a hurry to get where he's going. And then after he gets there, he doesn't know what to do. So the characters start behaving in ways that seem antithetical to the yeah. character that's been established, you know, which is, it's sometimes it's hard to make that leap. So like... I haven't seen any further seasons of American Horror Story, but I thought the first season of American Horror Story was good. Same thing with the first season of Glee. I thought it was decent. Um, But, um, like, Nip Tuck gets crazy, man.
0: (laughs) I've never seen... I've seen... (laughs) I think I saw the first two seasons of Glee. I've never seen American Horror Story or Nip Tuck.
1: So there's something I appreciate in his work, but um, popular, which is the teens series... I really liked, I think it's, it's great. Especially the first season is really good, you know? So, um, it's, it's glossy and fun and silly and, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So any further thoughts on our journey through the adventures of Pete and Pete this week?
1: I really wish that they would bring this back.
0: What do you mean bring it back? I mean like like, not bring, no, 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 no,
1: no. Not, never, I'm never a fan of Reboot, um, unless it's really well done. Um, <laughs> just make it more accessible to people because I'm so lucky that... So it's like the, a
0: hidden gem. It's like yeah, a forgotten like a I'm sleeper. I'm so
1: lucky that I found, found out these DVDs existed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I was just searching for them like one day, you know, 10 years later and was able to... So
0: when the snippets were first running in 1989, I would have been heading off to college. Yeah. I've never had heard of this show ever. I was not watching Nickelodeon. I had never heard of this show until you brought it to my attention maybe two years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of people probably don't know about it. Well,
1: one thing that I miss, and it's not about Pete and Pete specifically. It's about the weirdness that was Nickelodeon during that time period. Because it was during that time where we went from, like... You know networks would just go off the air at midnight or whatever when they ran out of stuff to show to this like thing where they had t v that ran there were all these cable channels that were specialized and they had to have content that ran twenty four hours yeah. a day so like Nickelodeon bought all this weird i mean well they they produced their own shows that were weird, like Pete and Pete, but they also like paid for all this weird entertainment from like Canada so much stuff from Canada and like these weird like Japanese animated films of of like the little mermaid or Don Quixote or something like that it's just these weird things and they would show them because they needed to have something to fill the time and it slowly over time they developed their own shows and had enough money to invest in their own entertainment and then they you know then they had blues clues and all of that kind of stuff but when it started like In the morning, like when you got up, they had these just weird, like I said, Korean and Japanese animated, (laughs) like fairy tales and stuff like that. It just, just like, and it was so. Interesting. And I miss that sort of weird variety that you could get, you know, I mean, and they would be terribly translated into English. Like it would be obviously that we were originally in an another, another language, you yeah. know, but um, there was just this sort of like unexpectedness about stuff um, on that channel that like slowly over time got, you know, you know glossed over until like Britney Spears younger sister is you know on a teen show on that or whatever you know so yeah. and you know everybody's you know so so like like everything got disneyfied you know or nickelodeonified I don't know what the thing is but I miss that kind of like awkward weird stuff that just used to they just used to play and I got to experience because I was watching TV too much but <laughs>
0: And I missed out on that completely. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't watching Nickelodeon. Yeah. Later on, I was watching Nick at Night because I liked all the like nostalgia. Well, and 60s I watched Nick shows. at
1: Night too. Yeah, I used to watch. I've seen all of the full run of I Love Lucy. You know, on yeah, on I'm Nick sure at I Night. Have too. And you know, of course, countless episodes of Mister Ed and. Um, I Dream of genie and uh, Bewitched.
0: Bewitched. Yeah. Green Acres. Green
1: Acres. Although there's not very many episodes of Green Acres, so does it's Does it wrap weird. around really quickly? Yeah, I think yeah. it does. I don't think there's all that many. Same with Mr. Ed. I don't think there's that many episodes of Mr. Ed. So um, I always turned it off um, for My Three Sons because I wasn't into that for some reason. So
0: Yeah, I never got into that either.
1: Yeah. Or the, my mom, like I like the theme song of the Patty Duke show, but I never really enjoyed the Patty Duke show. I didn't Duke really watch ever. the
0: show. They're cousins. My favorite Martian I used to watch, but it, I don't know if that was on Nick at Night. I think that was just in syndication when I was a
1: yeah, kid. Yeah, I think so. That, is that the one with... Um, Ray
0: Walston oh, okay, is, no. is the Martian and Bill Bixby So is, what's
1: the one with Robin Williams as the Martian? Mor- Mor- Morgan the Mindy. Mandy, that's yeah. right. No,
0: was. That
1: was on I, TBS.
0: Well, <laughs> it was on ABC. Yeah. Or, you know, I watched yeah. it when it was first run.
1: I just don't feel that TV is as spontaneous and weird as it used to be. And I miss that. Well, I mean, it's not because we have to, we pick what we're watching now. We don't, we don't just turn stuff on and see what's on anymore. So I I do miss flipping channels sometimes.
0: Well, also we have the instant gratification of binge watching now where they just dump a whole season on Netflix and you just like blast through it as fast as you can.
1: You know, another teen show, it, it reminds me of... So the first time I watched Dawson's Creek, um, yeah, I watched, I watched it, I, I saw the first episode on the day it premiered. I did happen to cross it cause I was flipping channels. I was like, Oh, yeah. a teen show. I'll watch this. It was like same age as Dawson, I yeah. think. And, um, so I watched that week by week. It was one of my favorite shows at the time. But I tried to binge it years later, and I was like, holy crap, this show, like, stuff happens so fast if you're binging it.
0: But it didn't when you were watching no, it. No, when you I was, it was whole a whole week, week in between, in between. Each, yeah. Like, you lived <laughs> with them for a whole year just yeah. to get through season one. Yeah. You know.
1: So it didn't feel so fast, but, like, when you watch it again, you're like, wow, holy crap, these kids are, you know, you know. That's funny. Changing their minds real quickly. I think
0: for kicks, we started watching the first two or three episodes of Dawson's a couple of years ago and yeah. you were making that observation. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I haven't seen this since it first ran. It
1: just feels like everything happens too quickly. Yeah. Um, so some shows are are better made for binging than uh, others. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, I would totally watch more Pete and Pete. We could watch one tonight if you want okay, to. Okay,
1: that's fine. Before, our before we watch Schitt's Creek again. So.
0: That's true. Well, we're running few, low. Few episodes of we're almost Creek out. Left. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, th- this has been a long one. Yeah, we've, we've really got into it. Okay. So, it's it's about time to sign off. I okay. Think. But uh, it was. Um, thank you for introducing me to Pete and Pete. Yeah. The Adventures of Pete and Pete. So,
1: other thing, last last thing. So, my dad always told me this joke, and it always reminded me of Pete and Pete. So, Pete and Pete are walking across a bridge. One falls off. Oh, sorry, I did this wrong. <laughs> Pete and repeat are walking across a bridge. Pete falls off. Who's left? Repeat. Pete and, Pete, Pete and repeat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, I think that's our cue. Yeah. But to I badly tell one of my dad's like your dad jokes. Dad would have liked this show. Though.
1: Yeah. I should have right. showed it too. Well, thanks
0: for listening. Join us for the adventures of Pete and Pete. Maybe you can join into the in the adventures of Pete and Pete. I think it might be streaming on Amazon. The um, DVDs are hard to come by. You can find clips probably on YouTube. I think it's out there somewhere. Yeah. Catch up with it if you haven't seen it. All right. We will be back in a couple weeks with another one of my picks. I have no idea what it's going to be. It never does. Could be TV. Could be movie. We don't know. I don't know. All right. Bye.